the Pro Wrestling Bowl. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you, because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three, and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the number is 82 Designs. 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, Go to four82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's a light years better than our first one. Also, we survived the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. Welcome aboard the Combat Cast. We are live, and we're going to have a lot of fun combat sports stuff to talk about today. Welcome back to the show, Chevrolet. Why don't you tell them what we got coming up first? All right, September 3rd, we have an early UFC fight night, Gon versus Tuavasa. That's a Paris card, so that'll be a 3 p.m. Eastern. Looking forward to that. September 10th, another UFC pay-per-view, 279. That's Hazmat versus Nate Diaz. And then September 17th, UFC fight night, Sandhagen versus Yadong. That's a great matchup in the Bantamweight division. A lot of great Bantamweight matchups. We had one this past weekend, one this coming weekend on the main card too. So yeah, that's a fun division all around right now. All right. So before we get started with our regular UFC talk, you want to talk a little bit about PFL and maybe profile some of the fights they got coming up. So yeah, on Friday, there's a playoff card so it'll be uh, women's lightweight playoffs and men's featherweight playoffs i'm gonna highlight both featherweight men's fights that's ryoji kudu versus bubba jenkins Mm -hmm. bubba jenkins is a veteran for sure and then chris wade versus you know one of my favorite fighters talk about him every time he fights brendan luck name super great matchup between those two there's a a bunch of heat between them as well so that's a great fight and then on the women's lightweight side the one fight you're gonna want to watch is kayla harrison versus martina jindrova kayla harrison is arguably the most dominant female fighter not named amanda nunez so check that out on friday Absolutely. And I mean, big money, possible potential. Like if she wins, you know, they are trying to potentially book a fight with Cyborg. I would imagine if she lost a fight like this, I would be 
catastrophic for her. (laughs) Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this girl that she's fighting, I believe, is like seven or eight and two. Kayla's 14 and 0. So we'll see what kind of skills this girl has. I don't know very much about her, but I know Kayla is probably minus 9,000 in betting odds. So good luck to Martina. One quick note about Bubba Jenkins, too. The first time I ever saw him was on The Ultimate Fighter with Chael Sonnen and John Jones were coaching. And that was the season with Kelvin Gastelum and Raya Hall. Raya Hall, who just retired recently. Shout out to Raya Hall. One of the, I would say, I don't want to say all-time great, but one of the good ones in the sport. Had a very good career. Beat Gegard Musasi at one point. Always exciting to watch. So, you know, we'll miss him. Yeah, Bubba the Jenkins, most so he's been around. Wanna- knockout on the ultimate fighter of all time that season as well. That spinning back kick. Yeah, I think he actually beat Bubba Jenkins, too, if I remember correctly, in that fight, too. I think he was one of the guys. Oh, that might have been Kelvin, actually. And another PFL guy retired. One of your all-time favorites, Roy McDonald. Yeah, it's a bummer. You know, we Knew it was coming for sure. His decline in the sport, I feel like he's lost the love for it. Not as much of an interest, but, you know, he had a tremendous career. Gave the sport everything. Arguably the best fight of all time against Robbie Lawler. You know, the most iconic so-you-want-to-be-a-fighter photo is Rory McDonald staring back across the cage to Robbie Lawler with his face dripping in blood or at the end of the fourth round, I believe, where the bell rung and they... And Lawler blew out all that blood, and then they just stared each other down, had to be separated. If you've never seen that fight before, you absolutely should watch it. Any fan of the sport should watch that fight. So he started off his career young. I knew that. I just was looking at his Wikipedia page here. America's most trusted news source. And he's 33 years old. And his debut fight was in 2005. So if my math is correct, that's about 17 years ago. Without his birthday, he was like 16 or 17. Yeah, I think I believe he was 16. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, he was touted to be the next coming of GSP for Canada, for sure. Mm -hmm. He did a lot of training with GSP up there with Faross at TriStar. So he had some great fights. Uh, Ultimately, never got the belt in the UFC, which I know was a big goal for him. But he's Hall of Famer in my book. Oh, yeah, I think so, too. He's definitely a special talent. And like you said, that Robbie Lawler fight, if it's not already, it's got to be in the UFC Hall of Fame or their fight wing, I would imagine, at some point. I'm sure. Last week's card was a good one. Any fights you want to talk about on this prelims before? No, I mean, overall, the card was a sleeper. The entire fight card was good, but I think... You know, we'll have enough to talk about on the main card. Yeah, uh, I guess Android Hill was the one I noticed. She got a big victory, too. And a lot of people were surprised because California releases, like, the pay amounts. And she actually makes more, I think, the Dominic Cruz I was seeing somewhere. But she's with, supposed to With add, a win bonus, yeah. But if you look at Andrew Hill, too, though, like, she's had, like, what? Almost, like, 20 fights in the UFC? Like, over, she, tw- over 20, yeah. Yeah, she keeps so busy. So, I mean... You know, she got rewarded, I think, in a lot of ways. She was very happy, too. She got a decision win. It it was a relatively close fight, and she's been screwed by the judges many times. So you could tell when they read off the scores that, you know, the wave of relief that she felt. So good on her. She looked great. All right. Main card kicked off. Gerald Murchart defeated Bruno Silva. Guillotine choke. Thoughts on the fight? I thought Bruno was going to come in and clip Mearshart early in the first round, knock him out. But surprise, surprise, Mearshart actually outstruck Bruno. I I don't know if Bruno just had an off night or he just couldn't get the timing or whatever, but he looked like a shell of himself, really. Mearshart controlled the fight start to finish, and really he could have knocked Bruno out. He he knocked him down and jumped on a 
guillotine to boost his submission record, I think he could have easily landed the end of the fight with ground and pound. So I'm not sure what's next for Bruno Silva. I mean, he can't have too many more displays like that in the UFC. You know, who probably did enjoy that fight, though, and the commentary team talked about this a little bit, is Adesanya had to be, you know, licking his chops when he sees that Alex Pereira barely made it past Bruno Silva, and then Jared Mearshart is dominating Bruno Silva. So it says a little bit about that upcoming matchup. It'll be interesting. Another fight that caught me off guard, I was a little surprised by, not because I was surprised she won. Priscilla Cacharera, I believe, defeated Ariane Olipsky. But TKO, I was surprised. I know she's got some power, but I always thought I thought Liskey was going to be the better striker. Yeah, I was surprised by that. I think really it was, I guess, her lack of fight IQ, really, because you have to know that Cachoeira is dangerous and she has that power going in there. And to, you know, she got clipped, which may have led to her poor decision making afterwards, you know, maybe a little foggy or whatever, but she just engaged in a brawl immediately with someone who has much more power than she does. So she ended up getting knocked out. I was pretty disappointed with the decision-making and and the fight overall, but, Mm. you know, good on Cachoeira. She did a great job, did what she needed to do to get it done. Yes, she did. Ozmat Mazurkinov, he got a TKO victory over Devin Clark. What do you think about this one? So Ozma is undefeated Eastern European guy. You know, obviously they're taking over the sport for sure. But the first thing that struck me when I saw them enter the cage is how much bigger Devin Clark was. He mm. was so much bigger. He looked like two weight classes bigger. But Ozma did not care. And he just like was a juggernaut and marched Devin Clark down. Devin Clark was tough, but you know, he just got big brother basically, even though he was the much bigger guy and he survived until the third round, but Osmot's undefeated and he's going to be a problem going forward for that division. Yeah, I think you're right. Women's strawweight, you know, struggle with these ladies names, but they had a heck of a fight. Yasmin. And I think this is Jay's actually an H it's like, here we go. Herguri. Herguri. Uh, yeah, something like that. I can't yeah. remember now. I actually I had it. I know oh, that we we had talked about it. So yeah, Les, what are their names again? Simon, Simon Lucindo, and then Lasmin Hargari. So it's Yasmin and Yasmin, right? Yes. We'll just go by their first names. Okay. <laughs> Yasmin got the victory here. What do you think of this one? I think we're going to learn their names in the next couple of years because both of these girls definitely have bright futures in the UFC. Like to debut on the main card mm-hmm. of a UFC event like this. I think one girl is 20 and one is 22 or 23, something like that. So they're both super young. And to put on a show like that, I thought we were going to get a war, like I said last week, and that's exactly what we got. I don't think either girl lost any stock in this fight. If anything, it's a huge boost to their careers because I know I'll be looking out for their fights going forward. So I was super impressed. They set a very good standard and mood tempo for the rest of the fights going on after that. Yes. Well, that next fight, <laughs> Nate Landwehr defeats David Onama in possibly the fight of the year. I had took a break. I had some people over and I'd missed the first round, which Chevy was in the comments telling me that, oh, it's over. You know, I can't believe this guy got back up. And that was Nate Landwehr. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nate came back and he was just crazy. Like he was like in a war. He was battling. He was entertaining. I mean, he was a showman, and at the same time, just he's going to be in, or he's going to be somebody like his stock went up big time here. 
But David Onama, I mean, a guy that maybe if he just maybe works on some things with cardio, he could actually have the bigger upside <laughs> of the two. But just in this case, like, man, Nate, was it the train? Nate the train or something Nate like that? the train, yeah. And then a hell of a promo at the end of it. He's just a wild guy. He's a lot of fun for these live events. What'd you think? I mean, it was, what a roller coaster of a fight for sure. So in the in the first round, Anama gets a knockdown. I thought Nate was going to be finished, but he couldn't put him away. And he ends up gassing out hard in the second round and getting dominated by probably a 10-8 round in the second. And goes back to the corner and, and Krauss is grabbing him by the face, telling him to look him in the eyes. You know, tell me, do you want me to stop this? Or, or no, he was saying, do you want to continue? Do you want to continue? And David didn't say anything. Thing. but Kraus didn't stop the fight I thought he was going to for sure and when David went back out immediately I was like oh you probably should have stopped it because he looked dead on his feet like but you know he had a bit of a resurgence you know Nate was pumping up the crowd and I think that pumped up David a little bit yeah. but ultimately he just didn't have enough in the tank to make a comeback in the fight and Nate really you know he took him down a few times got on top of him and then let him up and I think really if he had just stayed on top of him and pounded him out, he could have got a finish. But he didn't. He made it exciting for the for the crowd. I think he was more concerned with making it entertaining than actually getting a win, which uh, the crowd loved. Going forward, I don't know. I, I think I agree with you that Onama might actually have the upside of the career for sure. <laughs> Although that being broken in a second round of a fight is worrying, but I, I think, yeah. you know, he kind of blew his load when he thought he was going to get the finish in the first. So good learning experience right. going forward, you know, maybe he conserves a little bit more. I'm sure Krauss will talk to him about that. You can fix cardio though. Yeah. Yeah. You can fix that for sure. You know, and he has a lot of first round finishes. So, you know, he probably thought, Oh, I'm, this is it. I'm going to get it done here. And then, you know, through everything he had. So Nate, Super exciting. Like you said, cut a great promo. He's kind of cringy, but in the best way. And mm -hmm. I don't know about skills wise if he'll ever be champ or anything like that, but he sure is exciting. And, and that is important. Counts for something in this sport for sure. That's featherweight. I'm looking at top 15 at featherweight, just the upper 15. And Ila Pora, I think that's his name. He's number 15. That could be an interesting fight. I, I think Patty's trying to get that fight, right? Could be. I him and Patty have some heat. Patty was fighting that lightweight though, right? Oh, that's right. But but they did. I think they were talking. They had. They've had some. Yeah, yeah they've had some. Yeah, I know. I, I believe Patty has fought at featherweight over in yeah. Cage Warriors, but he's two hundred like, pounds right now, so I don't see him. I, I so like they go for lightweight and fight Patty. I think that'd yeah. be. That, sure that'd, that would be great and that would sell for sure. And it's not too much of a jump for Patty. You know that that's mm -hmm. a good shout. Yeah. I don't think Shane Burgos is going to be there because he's number 14 right now, but I think the, the rumor is he is signed with the PFL. That's not official, I'm not sure. But. Right. All right, main event. So Marlon Vera, Dominic Cruz, talked to a mutual friend of ours, and they were kind of thinking the same way you did, that you know Cruz was going to put it on him here skill-wise. And I was guess, second-guessing myself, but this ended up kind of like I thought it would. But actually, I got to say, not quite. I thought Cruz looked amazing here for a lot of this fight. He was getting caught here and there with the power. And it, you know, Vera and Font, too. It's almost a similar thing where but Cruz was more on point than Font. But at point, you know, Font's looking like he's outboxing Cheeto, but Cheeto's he's hitting and he's kicking and there's just more authority. And that was the case here. Somebody brought up a good point that maybe if this was a three-round fight, you know, Cruz would have probably got the victory. We would have saw probably a different Cheeto, but, you know, but just... 
having to last that long with Marvin Vera. You know, round four, head kick. Really good finish for Vera. Man, I don't know. This guy, if he's not getting a title shot next, though, he's got to, I, I got to imagine his potential. He's meeting Aldo or a Marab winner or something. Yeah, or possibly the winner of Peter Yan and Sugar Sean, maybe, yeah. depending on how the title fight plays out. If both the uh, winner gets an uh, injury or something like that. But yeah, I mean, Cruz looked absolutely phenomenal when he came out. He knows that Cheeto starts slow, so he decided he was going to start fast. And he looked great. He did get knocked down in like mm-hmm. every round. But, you know, he's also moving around. His feet are not always set. So when he gets hit... If he goes down, I I don't always assume that, you know, it was a giant shot and he's hurt. You know, a lot of the times he could be off balance because of his style. I think ultimately the problem was he didn't have enough power to get Cheeto's respect. You know, he could back Cheeto up with volume, but Cheeto always knew that if he just sat in there, he could counter Dom at some point. And, you know, him and his coach Perillo worked out a game plan and saw that Dom was dipping his head off to the side when he was exiting out of the pocket, which he always does. And Cheeto stuck his toes right in Dom's mouth and shattered his nose and followed up with a couple good shots too after Dom face planted. So I think while Dom did look great, I don't think the championships in his future again. And I think that's all he really cares about. Mm-hmm. So it might be time to hang him up. You know, I wouldn't have been upset if he had put his gloves down after that in the octagon. He didn't. So I haven't heard anything otherwise since, but I'd like to see him retire personally. Yeah, it wouldn't be bad, but I'll tell you what, just to throw some stuff out there. I was listening to Florian Anik. Anik was really upset about it. He actually talked about on his show that Dom's one of his closest friends and he loves Cheeto. And he said if he had to pick like people to be in his wedding, Cheeto would probably be in his wedding too. But he said that Dom and him are just so close that it's not like other sports. He says, you know, where your favorite team loses. He's like, this is just a guy that I got to really be with. And he said, I was glad I taped my show on a Monday, not a Sunday. But the consequences are so much different in a sport like this than, you know, a baseball game or something like that. So Florian had an interesting question. He had said, as Dom thought about going to featherweight and what are his weight cuts like? And Annex said, as far as you know, this one was good, but the one he had against Pedro Munoz, he said was brutal. So, you know, I'm not saying he's going to do well. featherweight. I always pictured Dom as like kind of in that perfect division. I thought Bantamweight was like definitely his division, but it's certainly something he could just try one time, see what it's like. And man, you never really know. Other than that, you know, I mean, I think he's not a guy that's necessarily about the money, but someone of his talent, I'd be looking at that PFL and maybe try to get a million dollars and <laughs> get yeah. out of here. I know I saw that he weighed 154 the night of the fight. So, mm-hmm. you know, I assume he diets down to be able to make a cut to Bantamweight. So featherweight might not be outside the realm of possibility for him. I'm not sure what he wants to do, but I don't think that's a terrible idea. Nah, just give it a shot. If you're not ready to show you want to call, I mean, he looked good, you know, and again, too, like he's never really been finished until like recently here. This was like one of the first like knockouts you see, like you look at the Cejudo one, it was more like the legs, but if he's having bad weight cuts, that could affect his chin too. So, you know, I'd be interested to see a Dom Cruz at featherweight and what he looks like. And, you know, I mean, a couple injuries here or there, it could probably set him back, but I'd like to see him maybe get his feet under him, have a decent featherweight fight, maybe a top 15 guy or something like that, and then see how he reacts. And then if he has a good fight and he gets out injury free, maybe put him in there with a top five guy and see if we can catapult him. Because, I mean, against Volkanovski, 
that is a guy that at least physically size wise, we know is not a huge featherweight. Right. Yeah. I mean, if he can retain his speed and then put some power on without the weight cut, he could be a force for sure. Absolutely. UFC 278. Before we talk about this main card, and as always, any preliminary fights here? Got your eye. Yeah, I'm just, I just had my eye on Miranda Maverick versus Shayna Young. I'm a fan of both girls, but especially Miranda. And then Leonardo Santos versus Jared Gordon. I believe that is the featured bout of the prelims. So just keep an eye out for those two. I'm going to kick this card off with Tyson Pedro versus Harry Hunsucker. Mm-hmm. As far as I know. All right. Hunsucker is seven and five. He's got three KOs, four subs. So not the greatest record in the world here. Tyson Pedro, eight and three, three KOs, five subs. Tyson Pedro has been in there with some stiff competition too. So, and he looked great in his last fight. I'll go with Tyson Pedro. I say he gets it done. Maybe with a ground and pound or a sub. So Henry Hunsucker, I, I don't know if his entire career has been at heavyweight, but I know his last few fights, especially his last two, which were KO losses, were at heavyweight. So this is the first fight I can remember seeing him at light heavyweight. And I know that Tyson is a minus 740 favorite, which is a huge number in MMA. So he's definitely a big favorite. He looked great in his first fight back after a three-year layoff with fighting injuries. So I think I'm going to go with Tyson as well. Tyson's super athletic, very fast, powerful, and he looked great in his last fight, like you said. So I'm, I'm going to go with Tyson by KO. Mm. I'm going to go round two. Okay. I'll match with that round two. I'll say, yeah, TKO. Martian, Martian Tyabira, 22 and 7, 9 KOs, 6 subs, 7 decisions against a guy I'm not too familiar with, but Alexander Romanoff, who looks like he has a ton of wrestling credentials here. I'm seeing he's meddled in some tournaments and stuff in Eastern Europe. He's 16 and 0, 6 KOs, 9 subs, 1 decision. That sounds pretty damn impressive to me. I'm going to go with Romanoff, and I'll say he looks like a wrestler, so I'm saying he's going to take him down, but he'll probably get some ground and pound and maybe turn it into a sub. I'll say round one. I think that Tybura's MMA grappling is a bit underrated. Mm -hmm. He lost his last one, but before that at heavyweight, which this is super impressive at heavyweight in the UFC, he won five in a row. And then I looked up Romanoff and his last five fights in the UFC, he's won at heavyweight also. So I think this is stellar matchmaking. Unfortunately, I think style wise, I think their grappling maybe nullifies one another a little bit. Obviously, I would give the edge to Romanov, but I think we're going to get a lot of clinching on the cage and rolling around, you know, trying to fight for position until somebody gets tired and they don't really have enough power because it's heavyweight. They're just going to be tired come round two. So I'm going to just go with Romanov by decision because I give him the slight edge in the grappling. Okay, and then we got a real potential firecracker here. Jose Aldo versus Marab. I always mess up on his last name devolish vili devolish vili he has got a record of 14 and 4 three ko's one sub 10 decisions this guy goes to decisions quite a bit oh he just got to finish he's got seven wins in a row he is a cardio machine he does not ever get tired against the legend jose aldo a legend who's number three i believe in the bantamweight rankings 31 and 7 17 ko's one sub 13 decision he's won three in a row former ufc wec featherweight champion he's done it all still at a high level ray longo was actually said he was excited it's the first time he's ever coached against aldo so it'll be an interesting fight it's funny i get very excited because i really like marab but when i look at this and i look at what aldo still is 
I feel like Aldo just has more tools. If this was a five-round fight, I think Marab has a chance of wearing him down. But in a three-round fight, I don't feel as comfortable. I could even see Marab maybe catching a head kick or something here. I like Aldo. I'm going to say three-round decision. He gets it done. Yeah, so as far as Marab's wrestling, I think he's like set records for most takedowns in the division or whatever. He just takes people down. And they get back up, but they never get away from him. So he just takes him down again. Khabib also was like that too. You know, you, you never broke his grip. So even if he got up, he just would pull you back down, which, you know, mentally is more defeating when you think you're getting up and then immediately you go back down. Uh, you know, it's got to be heartbreaking. So if there's one thing that I don't think Aldo has to worry about, it's being broken mentally. Uh, you know, that con- that Connor buildup for a year or whatever, I think was the only time. And I-, I don't see anyone else breaking him mentally. So like you said, I do think that Aldo has more tools and he is very explosive with the striking, especially he's not, you know, a slouch off his back for sure. So I think he'll have the ability to get back up with it being three rounds. I, I think he will hopefully kick the legs. I'm a fan of both guys, but I'm definitely going for Aldo for this. So I'm hoping he'll kick the legs a little bit to get Marab reaching for his leg kicks and then, you know, flying knee or heavy, that left hook body shot that he throws. I think he's going to catch him with something like that. So I'm going to say round two TKO Aldo. Okay, I could definitely see that happening too. I'm trying to, I I, I just don't want to see it, I guess. I don't want to see Marab get caught. I just, right, I yeah, yeah, I love both guys. So yeah, me too. Yeah, but like good. now the next fight, I am all right. Luke Rockhold versus Paulo Costa. All right, Luke Rockhold. We'll go over to this here real quick. Sixteen and five, six KOs, eight subs, two decisions. He's lost two in a row with bad knockouts. This guy's a former Strike Force, former UFC middleweight champion. Paulo Costa. He's lost two in a row, but by decision. He's thirteen and two, eleven KOs, one sub, one decision. <sighs> I. My heart is not even against anything. It's Paul Costa. I really want Luke Rockhold to win. I liked Luke Rockhold. He could be a cocky, arrogant guy at times. Bisping caught him. I was super happy when that happened for Bisping because the guy had been around forever. But I hate seeing the brutal knockouts that Rockhold has suffered over the years. I think there's some merit to his style could be good against Costa. I think if he's on point, he presents some problems. That being said... <laughs> I don't have a good feeling about this. I just don't. I, I want to believe in him. I, I want this to go to Luke Rockhold. I want to say he's going to submit him round two. I'm going to pick Paul Acosta, knockout, round two. <laughs> feeling about the same stuff with you as far as, you know, I love to see Bisping knock out Rockhold, but I definitely root for Rockhold over Paul Acosta for sure. Yeah. This is a fight for the most beautiful man in the UFC (laughs) award for sure. So I'd rather see Rockhold have a career resurgence and I'd love to see this amazing ground game that everyone's always talking about that he refuses to showcase for some reason. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, I just think that Costa rushes him immediately and KOs him in about the first 40 seconds of the fight and ruins my night. Yeah, I just don't have a good feeling about it at all. I really hope not. I really, really hope not because I'd like to see Rockhold do well. I'd like to see him make it up to fight Izzy because I think stylistically a matchup between those two is excellent and that's a fight I want to see. But Rockhold has to make it through the fire to get to Izzy. So Mm -hmm. I just don't see it happening, unfortunately. I hope I'm wrong. 
And to answer Randy Otzka's question in the comments, do we see a knockout? Yes, I see it happening right here. Chevy sees one potentially with Aldo and Rob. And I don't know. Yeah, Tyson that, Pedro, keep an eye out for that one. Take that Randy one too. Oscar. Then we got the main event. We got Leon Edwards, 19, 3 and 1, 6 KOs, 3 subs, 10 decisions. This guy's had a performance at night. He's had the sixth fastest finish in UFC history. He's won nine out of his last 10, with only one of those being a no contest because of an accidental eye poke. Yep. So this guy's really only loss was to Usman. And a fight that, if you go back and watch, there were different times, but he was doing well in the first round and then started to wear because of Usman's wrestling. Now, Usman, 20 and 1, 9 KOs, 1 sub, 10 decision, has had five successful title defenses. This guy was the ultimate fighter, 21 tournament winner, fight at a night four times. Okay. So the first fight they meet, he tires him out with the wrestling. Edwards is a much better fighter since then, but so's Usman. The Usman that we've seen in the last several fights. Like, I just feel like this guy's fighting, like, at another level. And as much as I like Leon, I look back at that Nate Diaz fight, a fight that he won. He got caught at one point towards the end. What's going to happen with Usman, who just knocked out, you know, Masvidal and Burns and some of these guys? You say what about Masvidal. Maybe some people think he's overrated, and I get that. He hasn't been knocked out cold too many times. Usman did that, though. Oh, and by the way, he's still one of the best wrestlers in the world. Does Edwards pull off the upset, Randy Oscar? I don't think so. I like him. I, I'd actually maybe even kind of rooting for him a little bit just because I like them both and it'd be kind of cool to see him get his moment. But my money would be on Kamaru Usman. I'm going to say he's going to finish him too, I think. I think he'll finish him late. I'll say he'll do it in round four, TKO, round and pound. Boom. Yeah, I think I agree with you 100% about everything you just said. Yes, Edwards has gotten much better. He's worked on his grappling and and such but obviously his grappling will not be at a kamara usman standard yes usman's gotten much better his striking is you know leaps and bounds better he has one of the best jabs in the division now to go with that you know stellar wrestling plus he has a giant cardio advantage he's the pound for pound number one for a reason and i think that his fight IQ and Trevor Whitman's coaching is going to have him clinching and grappling with Edwards early to wear him out. It's going to wear him down. And then round four, you know, three, four, five, he takes him down. Maybe Edwards gets up a couple times. Eventually Usman takes him down. Edwards is too tired to get up and he gets grounded pound finish. I'm going to say round four like you. Well, we'll see what happens again. I'm really hoping I'm wrong about the Rockhold one. But Same. yeah, we'll see. There's a couple of fights. I don't know. Like, like I like this fight and the Marab Aldo fight. Like my money's on Aldo Usman. I won't be upset if they win. But I feel like maybe if you ask me, like with my heart, just maybe like that. I, sometimes I like to see that new blood. You know, maybe I'd be excited to see you know Marab and Leon Edwards have their moment in the sun on this card. Right, getting a trilogy of Usman and and Edwards is you know. Sounds great to me, for sure. So I, I kind of wonder, too, what's next for Usman. If he does pull this off, I don't think he wants to fight Stylebender. I don't think he wants to go up to middleweight or anything. So. He, t- he talked about skipping middleweight and going to light heavyweight. And, you know, he had a stare down with, I think, Jan Blakovich or whatever in the back after one of the fights. He, he's a foot shorter than him. But who knows, you know. Usman's how, a bad Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> know. Who knows? Like, Without even blinking. <laughs> like, if, any, if anyone was going to skip a division and go up and, and get it done, you know, it would be him. But there's a lot of scary dudes up there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's tough. Why don't you tell people we got coming up one more time? 
All right, September 3rd, we'll be previewing UFC Fight Night Gon versus Tuivasa. That is a 3 p.m. Eastern card from Paris. The big boys are going to war in Paris, so excited for that one. September 10th, we're back with another UFC pay-per-view, 279. That is Hazmat versus Nate Diaz. And then later on in the month, September 17th, previewing UFC Fight Night Sandhagen versus Yadong. Good be fight. Bantamweights coming at you. All right, Chevy, that'll be it for this week. We look forward to getting back with you guys next week and talking some more MMA action. As always, it's been a pleasure. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every